You are listening to Zeal Fear House. I am your host, David Murray, and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. Her focus here is on our relationship with our Heavenly Dad and all aspects of His kingdom, moving in greater intimacy with Him. Additional teachings, books, and articles may be found on my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's dwmurry.com. Again, thanks for joining us, and let's get rolling with this week's broadcast. Oh, good evening. Hi, Dorothy. How are you? I'm evidently doing better than you are. (laughs) I am. And uh, I was just saying before we got on how I just, I have, I have, uh, I have, I really have a message, a strong message that I want to bring forth uh, today. Boy, that that just sounds so Christianese and like a cliche, but it's the truth. Usually I'm, I'm get real centered and quiet. And today I just feel a lot of burning passion and, I want to keep uh, this message short. I want to keep it concise, and I want to keep it centered in the heart of the Father and in love without compromise, something that I'm very big on. It's on the Father's heart to speak the truth in love without compromise, and I'm going to do my best to share that, share some things that are on the Lord's heart for this season. But before I do, Dorothy, you have some uh, some venues, some, um, venue is the wrong word, but some things coming up on your end. Anything you want to talk about, um, new podcasts coming up or anything like that? Yes, we're going to be doing a women's show, which has been on my heart to do for a couple of years. And I've got several very strong Christian women who are mature. And we're just going to pick apart the issues that are important to women, you know, the issues of the day, and uh, hopefully take some calls and do some discipling. That sounds wonderful. So I'm not invited, but I can call in. You can call in with a request, yes, but okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm looking forward it is a, to it. It is a women's show. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. That sounds great. Um, you'll you'll be announcing that as that goes forward, right, uh, Dorothy? You'll be sending some stuff out, and you'll be we'll be posting, or really, you'll be posting on Blog Talk Radio um, when those are coming up, right, with the nights that that, that is. Yes, and I'll be posting on the forum and Facebook and Twitter, and I think that's it. Okay. All right, good. Well, that is exciting. Well, I'm going to be getting in. I'm going to be diving into uh, – and, and Dorothy, I know that's been a passion of your heart, so it blesses me to see that this is something that could um, that could open up for the body of Christ. I know the women in the body, there's some um, – there, there's just so many things going on um, that are on the Lord's heart, obviously. And um, I know true discipleship is one of them. And to have women be able to get together and share and, and uh, speak forth some of the, the issues that are on the mind of God and on the mind of women is uh, in the body. It's just fantastic. So I'm very excited for the body of Christ. I'm very excited for the venue being at Blog Talk Radio and um, for, for some of the ladies that are, that are going to be there. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting to know a lot of them, too. Okay. You can ex- you so, can explain that one of the ladies is your wife. That's okay. <laughs> well, I already know Maya. So <laughs> it's the other ladies I'm looking forward to getting to know. <laughs> I know Maya pretty well. 
Anyway, so uh, moving on, we're gonna. I'm really gonna try to keep this to 30 minutes because I I I believe um, the best things that are able to be grasped oftentimes are short, and it's something that I'm, I'm asking the Lord. I'm con- continuing trying to make things more and more concise and digestible. Um, and I know the Lord does that for me when he speaks to me. So um, I had spoken uh, uh, a few months ago about insights into 2017. That was really a part one. Um, as time goes on, as the months go on, um, God doesn't move by the calendar year. But the calendar year are ways that we can mark time in the natural realm. So when we talk about or when I share, okay, what's God doing in 2017? It's not like, you know, ding, January 1st, okay, throw out this this new blueprint and and here's what we're doing it's rather there are transitions and seasons that take place and we use our calendar year because it just it makes sense it's easy for us to say okay what's going on the coming season and how this applies to this coming calendar year it's just a way to mark time guys so 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 that's important to understand I, i think it is anyway it's important to me so i had talked about um a few months ago about what was going on in 2017 in the body of christ in the nation um, what the Lord was doing through these presidential elections, I would, if any of that pricks on your heart, I would strongly encourage you to take a listen to some of those podcasts. This is a follow-up on that. Um, it's a follow-up because, again, what continues to happen is one of the things that I, I had talked about in part one of 2017 is that the spirit of offense regarding the church now, the spirit of offense had taken hold of the church um, the love of the church has, as in many, 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 many fellowships and many, many hearts, grown cold, and a spirit of self-delusion. All of these things um, are prophesied in the end times. What will happen to the church? Uh, and the Lord is looking to crack that open. If we study um, what's going to take place before Jesus' return, um, we see good things. You know, everyone focuses on the tribulation, but prior to the tribulation, um, there are things, there is the word of God that will be preached. Jesus says that the word of God will be preached unto all the nations, and then the end will come. So if we step back from that, we see an outpouring of the gospel to such a magnitude that it hits the entire earth, and then Jesus is returned. So everything that we do, guys, is perspective. Everything that whenever we approach something, we have to look at things in the big picture, Because to the degree, and we've talked about this before, to the degree that we don't see God's eternal plan, we miss his heart and we miss or skew what he's trying to speak to us on. His heart for everything, guys, the Bible is a book of reconciliation. That's number one. We have to get that. I know I'm a broken record with this. It's vital. And the reason why I spend so much time every few months explaining and teaching on prophetic insights or kingdom insights is because one of the things the Lord is restoring in this generation is the clear voice of God made manifest within the church. There is a need to have a clear voice, a pure voice of God being spoken throughout the body of Christ. Um, And he is raising up in his body those that are willing to share his voice in truth without compromise in love. And in order to do that, you're going to see a couple of things. You're going to see the truth spoken from a heart of love. You're going to see a word that's challenging from a heart of love. And you're going to see the end game, which is always reconciliation. The Father, the entire plan that you see in the Bible, which is written to believers, not non-believers, 
from Genesis to Revelation is God redeeming mankind out of the clutches of Satan. That's the eternal plan. That's the blueprint. It's, it's that he's a good God, he's a God of love, and he is reconciling his creation. So anytime we hear a word, and there are a lot of words being spoken out now, um, they're just they're angry and incomplete words. If there is not a course of action on what to do, and again, a lot of this is, is going to be redundant. We're going to move on very quickly. If there's not a course of action and, and we're not hearing what to do other than just repent, 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 there's no marching orders. It's an incomplete word. If we don't hear the Father's love in it and there's no gospel of reconciliation, it's an incomplete word at best, guys. A lot of us have picked up agendas, and we're going to get into that. Um, and there's no room for agendas when we're speaking about what God is doing in the church. There's, there's a place to dig into the scriptures and say, okay, let's look at Ezekiel, let's look at Daniel, let's look at Revelation. Let's look at some of the gospels that talk about the end times and try to see where we fit in that prophetic timeline. That is not the same as going before the Lord, spending time with your heavenly dad, and coming away with a clear understanding of a small piece of what he's looking to do. Those are two totally separate things, and we're kind of meshing them and combining them. We're in you know, a couple of major camps. Some people just want to speak everything is fine, everything is great. The other camp is saying everything is horrible. But in either camp, what's on the Father's heart at least is not being shared. I don't hear the Great Commission being spoken about. I don't hear the Gospel of Reconciliation being spoken about. Those are the last commandments given before Jesus went to the Father after he fulfilled all of the covenants that led up to the new covenant. The Holy Spirit has empowered us. He lives inside of us, and Jesus gave us charge to fulfill what's on his heart. So that never ended. That has not ended. So anytime we hear a word, whether it's life is all about you or whether it's God is all about wrath, um, we're missing the balance of his heart. And 2017, you know, we talked about is a return to our first love within the church. Return to our first love, a return to unity, and a return to biblical discipleship. That's the foundation. We've talked about that. I want to get into some more things here, and they're going to be really short and to the point. And I, I'm offering this because I'm offering the opportunity for the body of Christ to pray and see what bears witness. We have to pray and see what bears witness with our spirit. In the old covenant, no one had the Holy Spirit except certain select individuals. One of them was the prophetic office. In the New Testament, that's not the case. Everyone has the Holy Spirit. The way you proved a prophet in the Old Testament or anyone who prophesied or spoke a word was if it came to pass. Why? Because they had no way of judging because they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. Under the new covenant, it's just the opposite. Under the new covenant, the scriptures say, when a word is spoken, then you judge it. Not whether the word comes to pass or not. When it's spoken, it will either bear witness with our spirits or it won't. So when you're hearing something, guys, if something doesn't seem right, one, we have to get before the Lord saying, Lord, am I passing this through a carnal mind? Am I passing this through fear and insecurity or a sense of, of filtering you through a heart of an angry, judgmental, wrathful dad? You know, so is, is my mind, am I filtering this through even a renewed or born-again soul? That's number one. Number two is, okay, then, Lord, you're speaking to me here. What adjustments do I need to make? So that's where I'm at with that. So, 
Okay, part two, some kingdom insights, or I'll call even prophetic insights. I really detest using the word um, prophecy, uh, and not because I despise the gifts of the Spirit. I do not. I embrace them wholeheartedly, um, so long as they don't violate Scripture. Um, the reason why I have a problem with the word prophecy is because, or, or prophets, or anything that has to do with that, is because there's been so much abuse and self-delusion um, that I really try to just remove that vocabulary, make you know things as plain as, as they can be. Our self-worth, guys, is not based upon what we do or what we say. It's not based upon what other people think of us. It's not based upon how well we hear God's voice. It's not based upon how successful or popular we are or how sanctified we are. It's based upon one thing, the blood of Jesus Christ. Right? The blood of Jesus Christ says that we have been made righteous. 2 Corinthians 5.21, we're righteous. Colossians 1.21, we're holy and blameless. Ephesians 1.6, we're accepted. Right? And there's more. You guys have listened to me. It's on, and it's on my, my website, my blog. We are perfect in his sight positionally. Relationally is a different story. Relating to him is a process. Positionally, it was instantaneous the moment we accepted Jesus. Okay? Okay, we know all things are filtered through his heart. Basically, guys, here's what's going on in the body of Christ. Here's what the Lord is doing in this nation. And the reason why this is important for those of you that tune in and listen outside of the United States, and I know I have listeners that, that listen from other parts of the country, from, from um, the continent of Africa, from different countries in Africa, from Canada, um, and from different people from Australia. Um, love you guys part of the family. We're one family. The reason why what takes place in the United States is so important is because the United States has a commission to be an evangelistic dock in which the church is meant to go out and ships, I mean, you know, emissaries from the United States are meant to reach all the shores of all the nations. That is one of the calling of the commission of the United States. What happens in the United States affects the entire church and the lost in the world. There is no other nation that puts out anywhere near. You take the next two or three nations combined, they do not compare to the amount of missionaries that are sent out from the United States every year alone. And that's been that's since its inception. All right, moving the, the, the corrupt and moving conquistadors and other things like that that really weren't evangelizing. I'm talking about born-again evangelistic outreach programs, bringing the gospel of reconciliation, the good news of salvation to foreign shores. No one has ever come close to the United States. No one ever will. So what the church does here in America affects the entire body of Christ nationwide, worldwide, and affects the lost nationwide and worldwide. That's very important. We must understand that and get that into our wheelhouse, guys. We'll never truly have a proper biblical kingdom perspective of what God wants to do in this nation. Okay, so that's number one. That little side note there. His heart. Here's what happened in the presidential elections. What the Lord is looking to do is to bring the body of Christ back to himself. There are basically three areas in which the church in this generation, where this 2017, the Lord has already begun this. 2017 is going to be hitting this full swing. It's already been hitting it hard. He's calling his children back to his heart. If you want to know where your heart is in relation to the fathers, ask yourself, ask the Lord, where am I in relation to having any compassion for the lost? 
number one. That was our commission, to evangelize the world. So if we're not sure, we need to start with that. Because that tells us the depth of how much we know the Father's love toward us. A man gives such as he has. We can only give what we possess. To the degree that we understand the love of the Father and understand his heart that he came to redeem a lost, wretched, sinful world that hated him. Uh, Colossians 1.19, while we were yet enemies, he died for us. To the degree we understand that and truly believe it is to the degree we will have compassion to go rescue those and snatch others from the fire. So if you're ever not sure, where, do, where am I fit in? Where do others fit in? Where, are these other words of what's going on, just, it's simple. We don't judge people. We judge the word. We judge the purity of the word against the heart of the Father being delivered through an imperfect vessel, through an imperfect church is where is the commission, where is the heart of the Father, where is the message of reconciliation somewhere hopefully buried in there or somewhere in our hearts, hopefully not buried. Three basic categories in the body of Christ that the church is fractured along. One are passive witnesses. The second are angry and judgmental and wounded Christians. The third are the self-seeking. And by and large, these are the three camps that the body of Christ has fractured along with different uh, elders, leaders, or, or you know, wandering nomads within the body of Christ. The Lord is looking to return the body of Christ back to him. What, one of the things under the category of passive witnesses, what he is looking to change and, under, and move and change in the hearts of this group is that he operates through his sons and daughters. He operates through the church. It is not Satan's plans that come to pass because Satan is so big. It's because the church does not pick up her authority and we empower someone who's already defeated. Satan was defeated 2,000 years ago. He gave us the keys. The passive witnesses along whatever camp is, whatever, in other words, whatever your conviction is, It's passivity. We have to repent of that. We have to begin picking up the Father's heart, begin spending time with him. Lord, what will you have me do? And as we're doing that, we need to always return to the reality. We're fully pleasing. We don't do things to earn his love. And I'm not very talking about works, doing things, other than it being an outflow of our relationship, which is another mile marker to the degree that we feel compelled to minister his love or goodness to anyone just tells us where we need to make some changes, where we need to dig into his love. We need to maybe stop listening so much about these, these, I won't even call them teachings. They're just utterances about the future state of the country or the world that, that have no meat. There's no teaching. There's no furthering of the heart of the Father. There's no understanding of how to enter into deeper intimacy with him. We spend less time on that and get to know our Heavenly Father. Get to know the Lord Jesus. Get to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. And through that, what will rise up within you, within us, is the kingdom. We will begin becoming active as a byproduct. The second group, the second camp are the angry, the wounded, the judgmental. There's a camp that's out there, a very outspoken camp, that are very bitter. They've been beaten, abused, um, belittled, 
made to feel as if they have no worth or significance from the institutional church systems of this nation in the last 10, 20, 30 years. Um, some of them didn't take out any long. Some of them, you know, people are Christians 10 years and they've, they've gotten, you know, extremely bitter at what they've seen. And so they've, they've come out of certain circles or camps and, and everything we're talking about is just um, death, destruction, anger, wrath. And what we're really venting is our own wounding. We're putting God's label on it. We'll take some scriptures out of context. We'll go to the old covenant um, that talk about God's wrath. We'll go to a lot of times to Ezekiel. Now there's places for all this, but we don't find scriptures to suit our own hurts and wounds and agendas. Again, how can we tell where we're at with this is how much love do we look at? Do we possess when we see a stranger? How much love and compassion do we have when we see someone who hates Jesus? who hates the church, who hates God, who's an atheist. How did Jesus treat those people? And the Pharisees are a different group. We can't compare those to the Pharisees. Well, Jesus had treated the Pharisees. The Pharisees were religious, self-righteous people. The only people that Jesus spoke to in a way that was very stern, which was for the benefit of the audience, the benefit of the sheep, was when he addressed the self-righteous religious people of the day that refused to hear the voice of God, he was very stern with them. And we're overlaying that and saying, well, you know, you know, we're treating the, the world the way Jesus treated the Pharisees. Eh, that's, that's, that's not contextually accurate. That's, that's not what we're doing. We're just showing no love and compassion. Jesus died while we hated him. He died while you and I did not know him, didn't want him, were steeped in our sin, were living ungodly, self-centered, unclean lives. He died for you 2,000 years ago before you were ever born or I was ever born. So we, we really need to look at where is our heart in relationship, relationship to that. He's extending invitations for wounds to be healed. There's a camp that, have, that he is calling out the wounded, angry, judgmental people and say, hey, I want to show you that I am the God of love and healing that I'm not just the lion, I am the lamb in your heart. And he wants to heal our wounds. He wants to dress them up, remove the scars, and have us begin to feel his love so that we can then be walking in the power of the kingdom that comes through love. So that's the second group. The third group is a self-seeking group. Um, Again, Mark 4.19, Jesus talked about, he talks about all these different groups. And, and, and it, in Mark 4.19, um, he mentioned that the pleasure of the world will choke out the word of God and make it unfruitful. Um, and there is a great portion of the body of Christ in this nation, uh, in America, that all we care about is any word that addresses convenience for me. This is your best week, new breakthroughs. Every, everything that comes out from this camp is it's a breakthrough. Breakthrough year, breakthrough month, breakthrough week. And guys, here's, the, here's again, the distinction so that we don't get into excessiveness. The reality is the Father said that he has given us freely all things of the kingdom. He who spared not his own son, but gave him for us, how shall he not freely also in Christ give us all things? We already possess all things. So does God want us blessed and prosperous? Well, let's answer that with another question. Does he want us broke and weak and not able to pay our bills? No, he doesn't. 
He wants us in more than enough. Does he want money to become our first love? Well, no. Now we've taken the blessings of his kingdom. We've taken the blessings of what he wants to, to, to lavish upon us, and it's become an idol. You look at the patriarchs, they were very wealthy men. They knew how to walk in covenant with God, surrounded by a demonic um, culture that was surrounding them. The Lord was able to trust them with those finances. He was able to trust them to be a blessing. David had tremendous, he was a multi, 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 multi millionaire. And through that, all of the nations around him were blessed. And through the wealth that he had, everyone around him was blessed. That's kingdom delegation. That's kingdom stewardship. We are meant to properly steward the riches of the kingdom on this earth. That's different than me being self-seeking and everything being about me. We're hearing words where everything is about what God's going to do in you. But here's the key, guys. If you hear or read a prophetic word or an exhortation word about God wants to do, and there's no blueprint of how we cooperate with that, that's a fluff word. That's a word meant to pump you up and get you reading the next week's subscription get you to the next weekly uh, group where you can just move from motivational emotionalism from week to week to week, always learning but never able to grasp the truth. We need to be able to partner with what God wants to do. Everything that God does is a a kingdom side and there's a man side. It's a partnership because we are in covenant. And uh, so there are words going forth from all three of these camps that God wants to reconcile to himself. He wants to reconcile our hearts back to him. That's what he's doing in this hour in the body of Christ. He wants us to return to his heart, to heal, to seek him as his first love, to begin seeking communion with him. And the result of that is we will begin picking up, one, the sword of the spirit, which is prayer and intercession for the lost and for the nation. There's not a lot of talk about praying for this nation from any camp. I, I just don't hear it. I hear either everything's, uh, everything is, um, well, whatever God's going to do, here's what he's going to do, and, and it's done and settled because it says, you know, judgment's going to come. Or the second is that we're just angry and we're saying God is just full of wrath. There's no talk of the Great Commission, no talk of, of any understanding of the new covenant and that the wrath of God has been poured out on the cross. And so he's looking to, to reconcile. And the third is, is whatever word is, it's, about, it's all about you, all about me. It's, it's self-centeredness. And guys, as the body of Christ in the United States goes, so goes the body of Christ in the world by and large. You can look at the Western culture of the church and how it is seeping into all other areas of the world watering down the word and polluting the word with our westernized, watered-down doctrines because we have been given a spiritual mantle to evangelize, equip, and teach the world. And so when the United States church is polluted, it pollutes the body of Christ. The only thing preventing the body of Christ from becoming completely consumed with false doctrine, such as just happened prior to the Dark Ages, if you study church history, is persecution. It is the faithfulness of God that allows persecution to come upon select nations because it's keeping the word of God pure and undefiled. Study church history, if any of that grabs you, you will see that proven out. Whenever the church gets 
cold and, and backslides and gets lukewarm and begins to remove the holiness and the love of the gospel, there's both holiness and love. You will see persecution come upon that, that fellowship, that body, that nation. And the Lord is refining this nation so that we can begin coming a pure and spotless bride to finish commission. Now, finishing up last couple of minutes, how's this plan for Trump? Guys, if, if Trump didn't win the elections, we would be in a very different scenario. One of the things that, that, that is always in play is because God does everything through his church. You will see this in the entire New Testament. Remember, you can't see it in the Old Testament. Holy Spirit didn't live inside of the believers in the Old Testament. He lives inside of us in the New Covenant, the one in which Jesus died for. The types and shadows were showing us to the New Covenant. In the New Covenant, God works because of his love and the desire for intimacy through a church by the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. That's what he's looking to do. That's what he's doing. And in that, you will see things will change. Plans will change. Plans will be circumvented to the degree that the church prays to pass the will of the Father. What is taking place in the spirit realms, guys, and we talked about this before, is unseen spiritual principalities are being toppled over. The body of Christ is meant to pray into into its place, godly people who will take their seats in this nation. What this present um, government has allowed us is a space of time to begin strengthening ourselves and repenting and returning to our first love. And guys, here's a word, something that, that please just uh, consider this. When we say, well, if, if Trump or, or, or whoever, anyone, well, if they were really this, you would see this and this and this and this and this and this for this to be of God. Guys, I uh, respectfully disagree. You won't find that in Scripture. God is not bound by our qualifications of who he chooses to use for his purposes. You will find just the opposite. And I've said that from, from day one. I'm, I'm on, I don't know, blog talk, I don't know, a year and a half uh, whatever it is, you know, again and again, we've talked about different things. Uh, you know, I said the, the blood moons, we, you know, I shared about that, what God was looking to do in that. And, and, and it wasn't what people were saying. Then they were talking about uh, the Antichrist and Obama was the Antichrist. Then it was that Obama would be the last president. Uh, and then it was the other tsunamis that were going to be hitting. And then one after another, after another, and every, every um, thing that doesn't come to pass that we just tried to forget about what it's not that there's not grace. But here's one thing that tells us there's probably a little bit more to it than just thinking that a praying church averted that, is that the church isn't praying. I, 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 when was the last time you turned on or read anything about the church talking about praying for this nation or praying for God's grace to come to pass, praying for the body of Christ, not just to repent, because repent's become a cliche. We really don't even know what that means anymore. I mean, repent means to return to our first love, to fulfill what's on his heart, which is the commission. If we talk about repenting and there's no association to the gospel being spoken, that's a false word. It's a counterfeit because the heart of the father is the gospel of reconciliation. So we cannot talk about repentance without doing what's on his heart. Sorry, we, we just can't do that. And there's not a lot of talk of that. You don't hear a lot about that. 
So the chances of uh, Obama not being the Antichrist because the church prayed that through? No. The blood moons not causing the economic collapse? Uh, that they were they were going to because the praying church was unified and 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 struck down that assignment. Nope, nope. We were very big and very quick to take all these prophetic insights of the old covenant, all these scriptures, and say this is what's happening. And it's because guys, we have to go before the Lord in spirit and truth and know what's on His heart. And then things become clear. So here's where we're at in a nutshell, guys. This this present government is giving a weak, backslidden, angry, self-seeking, passive church time to repent and return to our first love to begin praying actively, take up the sword of the spirit and begin doing what's on the father's heart. And if we need a wake up call of what is on the father's heart, it's the lost guys. I am saying it. That's a prophetic word. What is on the father's heart is the great commission. The United States needs to return to our first love from whichever camp we've been living in, and we need to love the Lord with all our heart. That will be manifested in our hearts beating one with his, which means we will love our neighbors. We will love the lost. We will love the Samaritans. We will love the backslidden Christians. We will love the delusional people that are speaking inaccurate words. We will love the president. We will love Clinton. We will love everyone from the heart of God in order that we can preach the gospel to win some. That's the heart of the Father. That's what God is doing in this hour. He will be turning up the heat in our lives. That doesn't mean we're going to have an economic collapse. Guys, hear me. He loves you so much. He does not need to collapse the economy for you personally to begin getting really squeezed. And he will be squeezing individually the body of Christ in this nation. That's love. There's no anger in it. It's love. He loves us so much, he is going to start tightening the screws even more so that we see his goodness and the agendas and the hurts and the pains and the lies we believed about him and ourselves begin coming to the surface so that he can whisk away the dross so that what's left is pure gold. That's what he's doing in this year. It's already begun. 2015 and 16 were the foundation laying blocks of that. 16 was a distinction being made. He's calling the church during a great time of grace. This present administration is a time of grace. We're going to see laws, ungodly laws, unconstitutional laws being revisited. We're going to see uh, hidden things being brought to light. We're going to see things being exposed. We're going to see a superficial return to godliness to give the church some time to breathe so that we can return to our first love because we were too weak to do it under a, a, a rough, ungodly, demonic regime. It's the mercy of God that has allowed this. Not that our president is perfect. And, uh, okay. So that's where we're, uh, that's where we're at with that. Guys, one thing I want to, I'll share this in passing and then we'll close out. Cause I wanted to keep this short, right? About 35 minutes. Summing up what God's looking to do is he's looking for the church to return to all his, to him with all of our heart. And that will be evidenced by how much we are willing to pray out of love 
and how much we, out of love, want to share the good news, good news that Jesus died for those that hate him. To the degree that we're not discussing that, we're not talking about that, um, is the degree we don't know his heart. Guys, we're not entering into World War III. Just a side note. Okay, you could say I, you heard it here first. The Bible says there will be wars and rumors of wars. The United States have been in constant conflict, guys, since 1940. If you really want to look at U.S. history, you can predate that back to the, to the revolution. We have had our hand in either domestic or foreign soil hostile events from our inception. We've always been in conflict. And if it's not open, our government has had subversive conflict. I mean, look up our history. There's nothing new going on. Nothing new. So, you know, we're enter- we have entered into a season where we have time to get our act together so that we love God and love his children the way he does. That's what he's doing in this hour. Um, we're called to bless and not curse. We're not called to judge. And we don't judge people. We judge the words. Um, we judge words. We need to see where the Father's heart is in the words that we speak. Um, one last thing, and I'll share this up because I know one of the things the Lord is doing is he's raising up people that see the hidden things of Father's heart. That's really the definition of prophecy, guys. There's nothing like EBGB or super spiritual about it, right? We're meant to walk in the kingdom. It's not a cliche. It's a reality. Um, there are those that are called in the body of Christ to share what they get from their time with the Lord that affects things on a larger scale. Those are typically referred to as prophets. Where we, we get it. We get all the false prophets that are out there. We get it. It's been beaten to death. Um, we don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit, though. We don't say there are no legitimate prophets. We don't say that they're not doing that. Are they well-known? No, there's not a lot of them that are, that are well-known, simply because they haven't been getting an audience to speak. But the ones that aren't too well-known aren't being received much at all. They're not being received you know, that much, even by those that are claiming that everyone else is a false prophet. Because the words of the Father's heart can be challenging, guys. I don't know about you, but I like being challenged, because challenge means, hey, David, you're, you're 10 feet into the kingdom. Let's shoot for 15. That's a challenge, guys. David, you, you, you have a degree, some of the degree of the Lord's love. You want to feel more of his love? Do you want to move in the gifts of the Spirit more as a byproduct to share out of love, to be able to give the Father's heart out of love a little bit more? That's a challenge. I love challenges. Are they fun? No. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's my sports background. I, I don't mind challenges, and neither, neither should any of us. You know, we have to develop some grit in this hour, guys. Um, it's a good thing. It's okay. There's no condemnation. He loves us unconditionally. He's calling us to return to him. And um, there's a difference between trying to reason out what's going on from the political arena and going before the kingdom arena. There's, I'll share this one thing, and then I'm going to close this. Just food for thought here, guys. There are different rooms in heaven. Heaven is a kingdom, right? Um, and all of these will bear out in Scripture. I don't have time to go into any of it now, right? This is anecdotal thought. There are rooms of courts, right? Or there are court rooms. There are library rooms. There are rooms where things are recorded, or the rooms of scribes, you'll hear some people describe them. There's rooms of recompense. There are courts of atonement. 
There are also rooms of war, or what's known as the war room. And of all the different places where the Lord invites us, the war room is one of the least visited places because to, to stand before the Lord in prayer and him show you what's on his heart takes us having to be willing to lay aside our own anger, hurt, agendas, our own sense of, Lord, this isn't fair. Your sense of justice differs than my desire for my own justice. It's a room where, where you can't come in with a lot of junk. It's a place of great intimacy and a place of great um, – it's an, it's an honor for, for the Father to share his heart, for Jesus to share his heart. So when we're talking about things that are taking place, we always look at it from what's going on in his war room, not what's going on in the political arena, not what's going on in, 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 in reasoning or taking an Old Testament scripture or, or book of Revelation and seeing, well, this is how this fits in. And look, here it is right now. We've been doing that for years, guys. And it's one after another after another. Oh, yeah, well, we missed this. Or, oh, yeah, we'll tweak that. It's like enough. Not everyone is called to share those things, guys. And our self-worth is not based upon what we do in the body of Christ. We're completely pleasing. So the things that we hear, we have to have the courage to let them bear witness with us, to go before the Father and let him talk to us and say, Lord, what's taking place from your throne room, from your war room? What are the spiritual blueprints and how are those meant to manifest out on the earth? So, so that's some things that's going on in, in 2017, uh, probably in the fall, unless uh, uh, there's a need to address some major widespread panic, false prophetic word that's going out there. We'll probably address this in the fall at the close of the season and see what's going on. But where we are tracking this year for 2017 is a continuation of intimacy, of seeking his heart, of recognizing there has been tremendous mercy. Guys, in between mercy and grace, mercy is not getting something we deserve. Okay, we deserved, the church, the nation deserved a different administration than got voted in. It was mercy that you have someone that was voted in that it was. God is using this administration to push back some of the demonic principalities to give the church some time to breathe. We got silent. We got passive. We got angry. We stopped being a voice in this nation. We no longer fought for civil rights. We, didn't, we stopped fighting for constitutional rights being overturned. We gave up. We went to sleep, and we started calling, come quickly, Lord. Let your judgments come. And our hearts turn cold. This present administration is mercy. It doesn't matter what we think of the person. We're not called to judge the person. Grace is getting something that you can't earn. Grace is, is giving something. Mercy is not getting something we deserve. Grace is getting something we don't deserve. Okay, mercy, you don't get it when you, do deserve, when you should deserve it. Grace is getting something that you don't deserve. The current administration was an act of mercy, and what he's doing is he's gracing. He's calling us. He's wooing us without condition. He's calling us to his heart. Guys, there's not much that I'm going to share that's not going to be challenging. Right? I'm already over time. It's too long. We'll talk more about this another time. Guys, one of the reasons why we're confused when we speak, the body of Christ, there's a time of dating. There's a time of courtship. There's a time of, um, of engagement. There's the time of honeymoon. 
And then there's the time of the marriage. We must become comfortable and understand each aspect of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. There will be times when I'm sharing something that's about courtship. He's courting. He's wooing our hearts. There's times, guys, when I share things that's about the honeymoon. There's times when I'm sharing, and this is one of them now, this is about grinding out our issues with who we're married to. The bride of Christ, okay? We're meant to look at where we are partnering. Now, please don't make a doctrinal thing out of this. We're not, you know, the marriage stuff at Lamb hasn't happened, David. So what you're saying is, is, is unbiblical. I'm, I'm, I'm just using an analogy. I'm relating this to marriage. We have to discuss different things at different times of point. It's a time for us to be sober-minded and to return to his heart. You have two people that are married. They've got to work things out. Life isn't always honeymoon. Life isn't always courtship. So pray about this, guys. If it bears witness, please have the courage to share some of these things. Um, and uh, always welcome to visit uh, my website. I had a, a great revelation last week. I realized that it's very common for some people that listen to audio broadcasts to never read and for people to read that read never to actually listen to audio broadcasts. I feel much better about that now that I understand my different audiences. But praise God. Um, he is on the throne. He is faithful, and he is faithfully working through his church. Um, so I hope this blessed you guys. I hope it was challenging. Challenging means it's, it's kicking up your spirit, and it's grinding some things out in our thoughts and the way we've been thinking about some things. Um, so we'll talk again soon. Dorothy, anything on your end? No, that was very good. Um... I, you just brought forth everything we've been discussing about what's going on in, in the body, on the internet yep. and off the internet, and uh, yeah, it's it's marriage is work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And depending it's on the different it. camps that we're in, it it, it is, and and um, different camps will focus on different aspects of of a marriage relationship. Or, or pre-marriage, you know, and, um, you know, and, and in all things, no matter where we come at something, a relationship with, um, the bottom line is Jesus says, I've called you friends. We're called to be his friends, right? The things I'm giving are analogies. Guys, please, I'm reiterating, I'm not making a doctrinal statement about, uh, about the marriage supper of the Lamb or any of that. Please hear me. Um, I'm talking about understanding the different aspects of his heart and different aspects of how you work with a friendship, Right. Um, there's different aspects of a friendship, different aspects of a, of a marriage relationship. And so we just need to grow up in some areas and myself included, guys. I have a great expression that I came up with that I'm coming up to say, and it's that we're in this together. Right. Uh, guys, I'm no I'm no super Christian. I'm not on any pedestal. Will not allow myself to be put on a, a pedestal. Um I'm just David Murray. I'm 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 just a fellow brother in the Lord. I'm just an elder in the body of Christ that is called to bring up the next generation. And to those that are that have been at this a long time that are hurt and wounded, to offer the Lord's healing balm. Um, we all have a place. There are no spectators, and and the Lord is constantly addressing issues in my heart, and I welcome it because in it is life. So. Praise God, Dorothy. We will hook up um, hopefully the, well, next week. We'll see how that goes. Um, if not, the week after that. 
and God bless all of you guys. Dorothy, I'll speak to you soon. You guys have a wonderful week. If any questions, please shoot them out to me, guys, or visit my website. You can uh, shoot out through my, my email address through there. And until then, please know that you are loved. Please know how much he loves you. Please understand the times that we are in. There's more good things to come, guys. Be sober. Be diligent. Be sober-minded. Be filled with joy and love. That's the word of God. God bless you guys. Have a great night. Good night, Dorothy. and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. We were hope that you were blessed by this week's broadcast. Again, if this was your first time, please stop by my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's D-W-M-U-R-R-Y.com for additional teachings and insights. God bless you, and until next time, please dare to accept the fact that your heavenly dad loves you deeply. Amen.